All right, thank you. And I just want to engage you for a few minutes this morning. And I'll be speaking to you from the book of St. John. St. John. And the chapter is chapter 5. And the verses are 1 to 9. Again, St. John, the fifth chapter. And the verses are 1 to 9. The Word of God reminds us, after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day, was the Sabbath. This is the Word of God. Today for a few minutes, I want us to look on a topic which I think is rather a prophetic topic entitled, Help is Coming. You are at the right place. Help is coming. You are at the right place. The big question that might be asked as we have declared that help is coming and you are at the right place. The big question is, what made this place where the impotent man was the right place? How do you know that you are at the right place? Because many a times, based on our needs and responsibilities and our problems and confusions and frustrations and everything, at times in waiting for help, we question if we are really at the right place. And in many cases, instead of staying where we are until help comes, we remove from where we are and go to another place. And the place where we have removed from and have gone to might not have been the right place because we have left the right place. So as we look on the question and try to address this topic 
today. As to what made the place where this impotent man was the right place. There are four reasons why I think that the place where he was happened to be the right place. Number one, we look at the name of the place. The text that we have read tells us that the name of the place in the Hebrew tongue was Bethesda. Bethesda. Now it is rather important to understand that the word Bethesda means a place or the house of mercy. So if help is coming, the place you need to be is a place of mercy. Because mercy is not something that we can purchase. Mercy is not something that we can earn. Mercy is not something that we can give to ourselves. But mercy happens to be the unmerited favor of our God. Our mercy rather is getting what we do not deserve. So number one, the name of the place, Bethesda. The place of mercy or the house of mercy. And getting what we do not deserve. Number two, as we seek to identify or to answer the question as to what made this place the right place. Number two, it's location. The Bible tells us that it was located at the sheep gate or the sheep market. Which is rather interesting. You will understand that sheep and lambs were brought at different places. And they were taken into Jerusalem to be offered up as sacrifice or sacrifices. But there was only one gate they had to go through. And that is what is called the sheep gate. Now, also when Christ was arrested outside around in the garden of Gethsemane. And when they brought him into Jerusalem, they brought him through the sheep gate into the palace of Pilate. When he was condemned by Pilate and was taken to Golgotha, the place of skull, they brought him through again the sheep gate. That tells me that where he was, the, this impotent man, he was at the right place, a place of sacrifice. Because if we are going to excel in God, then there are things that we have to lay aside. There are things that we have to sacrifice. There are things that we have to pull from our lives so that we can free ourselves up to worship God in the beauty of His holiness. Not only that, but the Bible tells us that this place that is called Bethesda, that was at the sheep gate or the sheep market, it has uh, some porches. And that makes it the right place. The text tells us that it had five porches. Now, five in scripture, in the Bible, happens to be the number for grace. And really and truly, if there's anything that we need more than anything else, it must be the grace of God. Hallelujah. You understand that it takes grace to live this life. It takes the grace of God to exist and to even live among some people at times. So this man, he had the grace of God in spite of his condition, in spite of what he was going through, he had grace. 
He was at a place where there were five porches. Now a porch is defined as a covered area. So one, it speaks to grace, but it also speaks to a covered area, a place of shelter, a place of protection. Hallelujah. And the Bible talks about the blood of Jesus Christ. That we are sheltered, we are protected, and we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You understand that as a people, we are being attacked by the enemy. Left, right, and center. And what we need to make it over and to make it out and to make it through is the blood of Jesus. I want to tell us this morning that there is a power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Aye, hallelujah. I want to submit to us that there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. The word of God reminds us that wherefore God also hath highly exalted Jesus and God had given unto him a name that is above all names that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow and every Every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ, He is Lord. Our amen, our deliverance is not in the name of your government. Our deliverance is not in the name of my government. Our deliverance is not in the Democrats or the Republicans. But our deliverance is in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I understand that you have one of the greatest and the most powerful army upon the face of the earth. But I stand to tell you today that your deliverance is not in your air force or in your navy or in your special forces. But your deliverance is in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Satan's five porches and the porches defined as a covered, a covered area. But not only that, but we think of the purpose of the place. The Bible tells us that Bethesda, where the pools and the porches and everything, it was there for the only purpose of healing and deliverance. So here was a man, an impotent man, a man who was brought there for 30 and 8 years. He was there because he had a desire. He wanted to be healed. He wanted to be delivered. Hallelujah. And no doubt, as in what, as rather what topic declares this morning, that help is coming and you are at the right place because our God, my God, your God, our God, He is a very on-time God. With God, all things are possible. With Him, or rather in Him, we live and move and have Rabin. Because there is no God like Jehovah. He is almighty, all-powerful, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the half of the Omega, the first, the Lord. There is no God like your God and my God. We can call Him up at any time because he is an on-time God. So the man waited. Hallelujah. With all of that being said, we can conclude that this man was at the house of mercy 
the place of grace and deliverance, but he was bound by his circumstances. Is it possible to be at the right place, but you are still bound with problems? Your condition, your circumstances, bound in the mind, bound in the spirit, bound physically, bound spiritually. He was there. Everything was on display, but he was still bound. Still bound. Still bound. You see, when we think of verse 3 of our text, it summed up the spiritual condition of the time. It says, in these lie a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. When you are desperate, you need help. When you are down, you need somebody to lift you up. This man was there waiting. And therefore, the big question must be asked, who was this man? Who was he? Now, the Bible described him as a certain man. No name. Could not say he was John, Matthew, Michael, you name it. Just a certain man. Just a certain man. Therefore, this man could be any man. A man who was bound. A man with a sickness. A man with a condition. A man who knew that he needed deliverance. A man who was brought to the right place with an expectation. If I only get to here, then something will happen. He was just a certain man. Not only that, but this man was not just a certain man. But based on the text that we have read, the man happened to be a disabled man. He was disabled. He was, or rather hurt, he was not able. We know that God is able, but this man was disable. It means that he could not comb his hair. It means he could not tie his own shoelace. It means he could not cook his own food. It means he could not make his own bed. He was disabled. Physically, he was disabled. And chances are emotionally, he was disabled. Socially, nobody wants to hang around him. They brought him there and they placed him. They left him. He was disabled. You see, it is one thing to be physically disabled. But it's another thing to be spiritually disabled. How many of us today are disabled spiritually? We are not functioning the way God has created us to function. There are some vital functions that God would have us to do. But because the enemy has disabled us, we are not moving the way God will have us to move. Are we disabled in our prayer life? Are we disabled in our study of the word? Are we disabled in our worship? Are we disabled in our social projects? Our disabled in our giving, our tithes, our offerings. Are we a disabled set of persons? He was there and disabled for 38 years. 
But not only that, he was a certain man. Not only that, he was a disabled man. But he was also a desperate man. A desperate man. Now think of it. He was there for over 38 years. Waiting for something to happen. So that his condition could be changed. You see, desperation will cause you to do things that you have no business doing. Desperation is really a state of hopelessness that leads to rashness. It is a lust of hope and surrendering to despair. He was desperate. I have been here for a long time waiting for something to happen, but nothing is happening. And anything that can help me I'm going to hold on to him. He was a desperate, 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 desperate person. And a lot of us at times we leave from the place that God will have us to be because we are desperate. We're more removed from where we are to be. Thank you. Because of desperation. God will have us to focus on him. But as we think of desperation, next word, that this man was not only desperate, but he was also a disappointed man. So he was a certain man, a disabled man, a desperate man, but also a disappointed man. What causes this man to be disappointed? He had been there for 38 years. He went there with hope. He went there with expectation. He went there believing that. If I only get here, everything would be all right. But he got there and he thought in one month's time I'll be okay. But a month would have come and passed him by. He thought that okay, in six months time, everything would have been all right. But six months came and left him in the same condition, the same position. Nothing changed. He said, all right, I'll wait for one here. But a here came and passed. Okay. Let me wait for two years. And he kept on waiting. And every year, every month that he waited, somebody else got healed. Somebody else's condition was changed. Somebody else became better. But he was still in his condition. There was no change in his condition. And because there was no change in his condition, his position remained the same. Line on the map. He needed a change of condition and a change in position. Desperate, disappointed. Jesus, in the midst of his desperation, in the midst of his disappointment, came. And there were five porches in which you have different persons with different sicknesses lying around. But Jesus went to him because he was on borderline. This was somebody who wanted to give up. And many a times in our desperation, in our disappointment, in our discouragement, we decided I won't even try again. I've tried so many things. I've tried so many places. Nothing has worked for me. Why should I even bother to get up? But Jesus went to him. He knows your problems. He knows your situation. He knows what you are going through. He's saying to you today, He's saying to us today, 
help is on the way. You are at the right place. To the world, it looked as if this man was at the wrong place. They thought he could not have been at the right place and all these things were happening. They thought that, man, something must have gone wrong. You could not have been at the right place for 38 years and your condition remained the same. And deep in our spirits at times, when things go wrong, we wonder, are we at the right place? Is this the God that we have heard about that will bless us, that will prosper us, that will heal us, that will open doors for us? Why am I suffering so much? Why is this happening to me? But hey, help is on the way. You are at the right place. While he sat there, help was coming. Jesus was coming. The healer was coming. Deliverer was coming. The great God Almighty was on his way. Help was coming. He was at the right place. But Jesus went to nobody else. Jesus went to him and asked him, Do you want to be healed? Because sometimes when you give up, you just say, hey, anything happens, happens. Jesus wanted to hear something out of him. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be delivered? The impotent man said, Lord, I have nobody. Matter of fact, he didn't answer yea in our name. He started to blame everybody else. And sometimes that's what we do. We blame people for our problems at times without even understand that here is the Creator who wants to help us. Lord, there's nobody when the water is troubled to put me in. But while I am going, another step it before me. Jesus said, before your condition can be changed, you have to change your position. Rise up. Are you understanding me? Before your condition can be changed. You have to change your position. Rise up. Now if you rise up, then you walk. Amen? And when he did that, it was okay. Why am I saying all of that? I'm saying all of that again to strengthen the point. That many a times we can be at the right place, but we allow circumstances and our own disappointments to remove us from where we are to the place that we have no business being. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is able. Amen. God is able. Let us pray this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we bow before you. We are so thankful to you that you have brought us to your house this morning. We are grateful that your protection is all around us. We pray that by your Spirit, God, you'll cause your word to reach deep into our hearts and just to reassure us and to remind us that you are in total control, that help is coming. We are at the right place, waiting on you, because we know if we wait on you, our strength shall be renewed. So God bless 
this place of worship. And bless Almighty God, your children today. Give them strength for your glory and for your praise, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you.